guacamole. It's Taco Tuesday, which can only mean one thing. Here's Spectrum 13 sports anchor Luke Hetrick on In the Zone. Pass the Pico. It is a wild and crazy world out there. Luke Hetrick from Spectrum News 13 helps us sort through it all. You can find him on Twitter at LH Sports TV and every Tuesday right here on In the Zone. Luke, welcome to the show. I, I, that might have sounded like a burden where I say we're going to ask you to explain the whole world to us, but I'm just speaking in uh, generalities. Yeah, normally I just complicate most things, but, you know, hey, I'm up for the task to solve any problem you guys need today. That's great. I need you to solve this one for me. What the hell are we going to do with the Orlando Magic? They get our hopes up, and then they get owned by the Hornets. I have no idea what to make of this team, because once I get excited, I get smacked back down to the earth. You know, I start thinking, like, oh, they can actually win without Paolo. Imagine what they'll look like when he comes back, and, you know, and then you start looking at the laundry list of players that have not suited up. Um, for the Magic this year or did, and and there's a stop and start there like Cole Anthony. I could go on and on and on, but what are we going to do with this team? Did you have access to our rundown last night? Because this is literally how I started the show. Really? Okay. If there's a fan base that's just annually cautiously optimistic, you'd be in their city. I mean, it's the same old game. You know, you're in a stretch where you're going, okay, two in a row, beat good teams, did it without Paolo. You know, what we're starting to sense is, hey, Markell and Jonathan Isaac, maybe they're not so far from coming back. Cole Anthony, hopefully around Thanksgiving, things starting to get into play a little bit. And, hey, even though he's missed the last couple games, Paolo hasn't just looked like a number one pick. He's looked like a top 20 player in the league. So it's all good. And then last night happened, which if you look at it, playing without your best player, not having Markell, not having Cole Anthony, and going up against Terry Rozier and LaMelo Ball. And Charlotte didn't even shoot well. They were 7-35 from three. But it was the 22 turnovers. It was a game that likely was going to go the way that it did. We were just surprised. And we were probably so optimistic that, hey, maybe they can make it three in a row for the first time in three seasons. And they weren't able to do it. But th- this is what this Magic team is. It's a house project. You found a nice lot to build on. You have a great foundational piece. You have some other really nice features to it, but there are gaping holes. They need to put a roof on. They need the plumbing fixed. But we're really, really excited about the nice features they have, and hopefully all this comes together. We just want that build to go faster than what it actually will be. But the thing that confuses me about what we saw last night, it would make sense to me, Luke, if all of a sudden the Magic just couldn't make a shot, they couldn't get to the basket, There was just no semblance of offense for this team. There was nothing that they could do, and uh, they really needed their star player in Paolo Bincaro in order to generate some offense. That would make sense to me. For a team that's not good at shooting the three to go 17% last night, that would have made sense to me. What doesn't make sense is how a team with this many young guys and an opportunity to win three games in a row, which they have not done. They didn't do it last season. They certainly haven't done it yet this season. To to have that right in front of you when you just knocked off the Mavs and the Suns playing fundamentally sound basketball, to have that be the thing that you can't play, that's the part that's frustrating. I expect this team to go cold at some point without Palo, even with him, but there's no excuse to not have energy, effort, and focus. I just don't know how you could explain that to your fan base. And I understand. I think that's a great point because those are no longer 
what you seek out of this team. Those should be requirements. And for a team that has young talent, it's not developed, and it's a lot of untapped potential that you're trying to grow, the expectation and the requirement should be you better play hard every night. And like you're saying, if you're missing shots, if you're, you know, if it's just one of those nights where nothing's falling and Paolo's not there, you understand it. But what it was, again, they had six turnovers in the first quarter. It was very sloppy basketball. They had 22 for the game. There was more coughing than your annual physical last night. (laughs) And that's the problem that I had with it is a lack of focus. But I don't put it so much on the fact that, hey, you guys just didn't play well. and you, Yeah, the focus was not there for the whole game. And Jamal Mosley frustrated the hell out of him. That's why he benched those starters midway through the third quarter and got a spark from his bench. Give him credit. R.J. Hampton was a big key in that. But you're also missing Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony. And you're asking Franz Wagner and Jalen Suggs. Now, Jalen Suggs should be better with the ball. Jalen Suggs needs to be better with the ball, and that's something in his development that has to come moving forward with him. But when you're manufacturing it with, an, with who's going to be your starting two and then a wing player, you expect this to happen. It's not going to be a permanent solution. They always play fundamentally sound every night. But the effort should be there, and I agree with you a thousand percent. Yeah. The other part is for the guys that weren't out there last night. There's uh, There are a lot of names. Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, Gary Harris, Jonathan Isaac, Paolo Bancaro is part of that list now, too, even though he's only missed a couple of games. Should we, as in you, as in me, as in our other media brethren, should we do a better job pressing management about the length of these injuries? Or maybe not even yeah. a better job. Should we just do it more often? Yes, yes. I think because what – and I fall victim to this. And I have not been here for the rebuild, all of them since Dwight, because there have been several of them. But I have not been here for the bulk, but I've been here for the most recent two. And there is a sense of apathy. When it's 10 years of just restart after restart, only one winning season – and you weren't 20 games over 500, you were only two, it's easy for a fan base to get apathetic. And that's where responsibility comes on my end. I'm not, I'm not saying other media need to do this, but where I say this is the most important team in this town. When it's good, it's really good, and people are going to care more than anything else. And that's, that's not discrediting UCF or anything like that. It's the pro team. It's the highest stakes. We understand that. Yeah. But when this apathy has set in, it just becomes common practice. And when the interest isn't there, it allows organizations to take a step back and to say, oh, if we're not going to get hounded like New York or L.A. or Chicago or Boston, well, we might not have to put out that information all the time. We might not have to cater to it all the time. So i got to do a better job pressing on that because there's no reason for us to think that Jonathan Isaac has just been fine this entire time or this messaging that it's just part of his rehab. His rehab, he has had several snags. He has had issues along the way. And for it to be thought of as just anything else or just a natural process is insulting. Yeah. And I I think, you know, when when it's told it's minor hamstring surgery, no hamstring surgery is minor. Not on a seven-footer. Not on someone with guard skills. Not on someone that we all think, when healthy and if he reaches potential – could be a game changer for this franchise it's insulting so i hold myself accountable to ask those questions a little more hard but when you come into the season you expect them to be there 
you expect him to be ramped up after two plus years of being out from a knee injury and then, you know, a hamstring surgery, it is extremely concerning. And that is where I will say with him, it is the biggest concern. Markel Fultz is an injury-prone player. To call him anything else would be a lie. And you just hope with this fractured toe that it, that it comes together quickly and that he is able to get back on the floor. But this is the time now where you can't really be patient and hope everything. Guys, take your time because you got to know who's in, who's out. you got a star player that you can build, not around, but with. You have two very nice pieces in Franz and Wendell who are going to be part of this moving forward. Now you got to make decisions on everyone else. And if guys cannot stay healthy, availability is a skill. It's not an excuse anymore. No, that's a phenomenal answer. And I, and I do think that you should give yourself a little bit of a grace. I mean, ask all the questions that you want. And I think that I think that Jeff Weltman and John Hammond specifically should probably be asked those questions more frequently. But I would warn people out there that are now getting all fired up because they're like, all right, Luke's going to go get them. We're, we're not going to get the answers that you want when these questions are asked. I just, I think that maybe they should be more aware that, and maybe they already are, that we're paying attention. You know, we kind of see this yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, and it's, you know, I, I, you know, compare it to something like the pre draft press conference. Jeff Weltman was not going to say a thing, there was never going to be an inkling, any ounce of direction, nothing. But that is for basically us to go in and ask the questions we need to ask to know. So no one can say, you guys didn't ask how many players they were considering. You guys didn't ask, hey, have they made their decision yet? You guys didn't ask, what are they looking at? What kind of, when are they going to do? Is a trade possible? Anything like that. You got to cover all your bases to do that. And they're not going to say it, but you got to do it so you know, just on that off chance, hey, well, it was never asked or it was never addressed. You let them off the hook. Um, you know, I'm not here for gotcha journalism or anything like that, but what I'm here for is accountability and honesty. Yeah. And yeah, it's easy when you cover this team every day and you build relationships with these people. That, that's the thing. These are good people that we're around. They're good people. They're kind. They're friendly. They're easy to root for. And it's better for our team or better for our job if the team wins. Yeah, you know that. I know that. Everyone knows that. But there does come with that level of professionalism where you do have to ask these questions. And if they have a problem answering it, then it's... Don't take it as a personal attack. It's part of the part of the job. Absolutely. No, then that, and I think that's a good peek behind the curtain for how all of this works. I want to ask you real quick about UCF men's hoops because they appear to be back on track. Full disclosure, I have not really checked in on the season yet, but can you update us on what has been corrected since that opening night loss or what this team is excelling in over these last couple of wins, one against FSU and another last night against an opponent whose name escapes me? Well, uh, it's the fighting Mark Moseses from Western Illinois, as I would call him, the, the Leathernecks, which is one of the best. Is that where Mark best. Moses went? Mark Moses went to. Wow. Uh, oh, so that's why he was yeah. out there last night. Mark Moses is a, uh, is, is a sports radio host on the East Coast of Florida, for those that don't know. But um, what I look at it and I say is they play elite level defense. I mean, they are locked in defensively. This is a team that can grind teams out, can win games on the defensive end. Now, it's not going to be Virginia, uh, what we've seen from some of those Tony Bennett teams, but they're very good defensively. They are very long and athletic, especially on the front court. There's, there are different guys you can play, Michael Durr, uh, C.J. Walker, uh, Taylor Hendricks. Learn the name now. He's probably going to be in Orlando only for one year. This kid is an absolute star, 6'9 freshman. 
probably the best player Johnny Dawkins has ever brought into this program. And it's only three games in. And if you look at the box score last night, he only had six. But he is one of the most talented players, not in the conference, in the country. He is very, very good at what he does. And that's a guy that they can lean on. Now they're starting to get scoring production from other places. Now against Florida State, Jalen Young comes in and has 15 of his 17 in the first half. Last night, it's C.J. Kelly knocking down a lot of threes. They got guys that are coming along. There's going to be some scoring droughts for them. I don't think this is a 20-win team. I think it's probably a 500 team. But there is some talent there. And for a young team that's coming together, that's a lot of transfers, a lot of new pieces, some key freshmen in there. These wins early and them playing well together is only going to grow their confidence. They're going to have a great test this weekend against Oklahoma State when they go down to the Bahamas for that tournament and other matches beyond that. But this is a team that can get some really good measuring stick opportunities early. Phenomenal stuff today. Luke Hetrick, you can find him on Twitter at LH Sports TV. He is doing the work for you as a media member, getting you the answers that you need. Spectrum News 13, you can find him on your screen. Thanks so much, Luke. Really enjoyed the chat today. Thank you, guys, as always. Todd, congrats on that Eagles loss last night. <laughs> He's popping oh, on man, his mic. I'm, I'm brimming, and I, I meant to say, bringing the heat there with the oh, magic yeah, takes. Yeah, that was, Good stuff. That was fiery. say a word. You didn't say a word, my friend, but I felt the excitement. Over I will. I, I did turn my high. mic on a few times. He was hovering. He I was ready to go. I didn't get the look from BK. He, <laughs> he was ready to jump in. Hey, thank you guys as always. Appreciate it. All right. See you, Luke. Yeah. I didn't know. I thought that you were just really into the conversation, honestly. Uh, I, I was definitely into it, and I didn't want to, like, stomp on his words because he was uh, laying it out there perfectly. He but, really did. But yeah. definitely one to uh, agree with that. And you know, got to ask the hot-hitting questions like they do in New York. <laughs> It's important to put the pressure on the organization, but at the same time, like like Luke explained, that's how those guys roll. They're like ninjas. They they, they everything's done in secrecy and the way they phrase things. Like like Luke said, how they t- spoke about the draft. Yeah, they didn't let on about anything. And and I'm pretty sure the organization would have Ji on the floor if he was ready to go. I mean, it is weird that we don't get enough updates exactly how he's doing. This guy's worth this much money. You guys are paying him. And what's going on? What's what is the timetable? Can you give your fans that? I but they that's won't. the that's the thing that I don't I don't know I don't know for sure. And I'm not saying that they don't. Well, I'm not saying they do this or don't do this. I don't know if these guys are ready to go or aren't. Well, I'm, I'm not. I can't tell they at are, this point because there, the, there has to be a timetable, even an estimation ballpark figure. Like, is I, he never coming back again? Then <laughs> you know what what. In my mind, just what my common sense tells me of the timeline of injuries that these guys have experienced is that they get to the point where they're good to go, and then they want to make sure through rigorous practice right. and and then what's turning into weeks and months that they're not going to re-injure themselves with that same injury, and they are overly cautious. That's the way that it looks to right. me. Oh, and that's what I figured. But just say, all right, we won't see him until February. Just say that. Yeah. Don't don't have people wondering if if it's like all right let's put those expectations to bed. I mean I didn't think we'd get them until twenty twenty. What year is it? Twenty twenty two. We're in twenty twenty two at the uh, moment. Sometimes I don't remember. I'm still in the early two thousands. But yeah, I figured twenty twenty three was the earliest that we'd see him. The Fultz thing is kind of ridiculous. He stubs his toe and he's still out. But you know, that's... I mean, it's like honestly the the um when we get the word now imagine we woke up one morning and they said hey everyone's good to go. It would feel like Christmas morning. 
But it would be like not knowing when Christmas is coming. Could you imagine that feeling where you wake up every single day? <laughs> imagine, imagine yourself as a kid. You wake up every single day, and you don't know if when you run down the stairs, there's a Christmas tree with a bunch of presents underneath. But, but, but instead, because it's only going to happen once, every day you wake up and it's not there, so you feel disappointed. It, like you said, if you just had a date to look at, we go. I know it's on December twenty fifth, right. so I'll look forward to that date, no matter what day of the year it is, or no earlier than said date. And not to sound spoiled, but we don't even know what these presents are going to look like. Like it's not <laughs> like we got these proven all stars coming back. Like if Isaac was what he yeah. was twenty five years ago, not two years ago, but still, <laughs> that's a long time ago, and you just don't know. And even if you get the same player back, how often will he even be available? Will he be a player? You hope so. I. Want to believe it? I play him in my 2K franchise. He's very effective. That's great. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's like I still Paolo. We know what that is. We'd like to have him back ASAP. Fultz probably more consistent than Suggs. You want that? Isaac, you wit, you hope. You can only hope. But I've kind of even gotten rid of those hopes at this point. He'll be a surprise no matter what. No matter if he comes back and what he does for the team. But that yeah, it's a, it's a weird place to put your fan base. Mike Gennetti from SpotTrack.com going to join us around the corner. The latest on Derek Carr. How tradable is that contract? Is he long for the Raiders? I've got that and a lot more to get to with Mike Gennetti next.